0: opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning comes from Exodus 3. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why this bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to see, God called to Moses out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then God said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. This is the word of the Lord. Where have you seen God at work lately? I've asked this question of you before, and no doubt I will ask it again. Where have you seen God at work lately? For many of us, seeing God at work requires x ray vision, it requires a uh, uh, real effort. We have to look very closely, exquisitely closely, very hard. It's a difficult thing. And for others of us, it's a good question with a simple answer. Everywhere I look, I see God at work. Everywhere I look, I see the fingerprints of God. We see God at work everywhere. Old Moses, in this passage, it's the only place where he has it easy. It's easy for him at this point. Nowhere else in Moses' story is it easy. But this is easy. He sees this bush burning, and yet it's not burning up. And he approaches it for a closer look. Moses was curious naturally. He wanted to to see. What an odd thing. What an amazement. Perhaps some cosmic sleight of hand. This must be a, a trick, but how does it work? It could be a miracle. It's easy for Moses here. He gets to see firsthand. There's no question. There's no doubt. He doesn't even need to look hard. And then out of the bush comes God's voice. Where have you seen God at work lately? Hold that thought for just a second. Where have you seen God at work lately? Hold that thought. The New York Times reported recently things that have been reported for many years now. Uh, But in this story, uh, an opinion by Nicholas Kristof entitled, America is losing its religious faith. The Times report that the rest of the industrialized world has stopped going to church by and large, and the United States has been slow to keep up, but now we are keeping up with a vengeance. More and more, fewer and fewer of us are attending church. And this is a curious thing to researchers. Quote, some 40 million American adults once went to church, but have stopped going mostly in the last quarter century. More people have left the church in the last 25 years than all the new people who became Christians from the Great Awakening, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, and the Billy Graham Crusades combined. One could guess from these uh, dismal statistics, and nothing's new about these statistics, of course, but one could guess that fewer people care about God anymore. I don't think that's what these statistics uh, point to at, at all. These studies simply suggest that worship attendance is down. Church membership has spiraled way, way down in general, and... Uh, all over the, the industrial world, and now the United States is keeping up. Fewer and fewer people are attending mosque and synagogue and church. These studies don't prove that there's less hunger for God, only that fewer people are coming to church. I, I suggest that people are still hungry for God. I think we're as hungry for God as as ever, this is an anecdotal sort of uh, statement. It's not scientific. Um, I think we could look at the bookstores and see the increasing space for religious books, for self-help books in the area of religion, um, from New Age crystals to to fusion uh, Judaism. Those bookshelves uh, are filled with books, and those books aren't going away. So there's a hunger still, I think. Um, I understand that few of us look to the institutional church for God. I understand that, and that's certainly true. I I read stories uh, and and studies about younger people who um, um, say that churches care more about the nation than they do about the kingdom of God. Churches have become too aligned with with the government, with whatever the state or the community or the nation says, and and less and less concerned about what God says, or the radical things that God says. Uh, I read stories about how younger generations often see the church as a place where racism is quietly fostered and even rewarded. They see a church where outsiders who don't fit into the traditional norms are often excluded because they don't look like, or talk like, or act like, or vote like the, the majority. So I, I agree that, that what younger generations may be seeing has always been there, has always been there. The, the difference is these people have the courage to step back. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. You have to be deaf not to have heard hateful things from American pulpits. Um, Reverend Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson suggested that the 9-11 terror attacks, and this was reported widely, those terror attacks were God's punishment for the behavior of feminist, gay people, and secularists. In the 1960s, white pastors made a case using Scripture for how separate was equal. Uh, In the The early centuries of the church, in the 12th century, before and after, the church preached a message encouraging and and ringing the bell and getting people, men, to sign up to go rid the Holy Land of Muslims. Uh, In the 1930s and the 1940s, the respected German national church said that that we're looking for a purity of spirit. And if you're black or if you're gay or if you're disabled or differently abled or if you're Jewish, well, you don't belong and we need to come up with a solution for that. In other words, the Christian church, we don't have to look far away in history. We can look at Presbyterians or Baptists or Methodists. It doesn't matter. Evangelicals. We see examples of the Christian church not behaving very Christian, right? And some people just are tired of that, and they stay away. They've shied away from organized religion. They've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. But that doesn't mean the world is less hungry for God. The fact that Attendance numbers are down. Membership roles are thinner. Does not mean that we aren't hungry for God. There's a a space in us, I think, that only God can fill. And other philosophers have said that long before me. Augustine wrote in his confessions, You have made us for Yourself, O God. Our heart is restless until it finds its peace in You. We are restless for God. We are incomplete without God. And I think people outside of the church, they know that. And they're taking responsibility for their prayer life, for their spiritual journey. They're working on on justice and hoping for peace. They're praying. they're, They're thinking deeply about these things. They're just not coming to the church to do that. Of course, I want us to be a place where we welcome them, and we do. We welcome all people to come and be curious with us. But we, the church, we have warts. We do. Every church does. So we're restless for God. We're incomplete without God. We ache to love God and to love neighbor. We really do long for whole relationships in a world that's awfully fractured, where things are awfully divided and becoming more divided and more divisive. We long for a table where all are welcomed, where we can be together and learn together and grow together and disagree together, but be together. Be defined and be together. We long for that. We all do. We ache to be part of God's ideal community where radical welcome is the norm, where where love is the ethic, where joy is the song, where justice is the work, and peace is the goal. This article continues, the loss of religious community has far-reaching implications Congregations are a crucial part of American social capital, providing companionship, food pantries, and a pillar of community life. There's also some evidence that religious faith is associated with increased happiness and better physical and mental health. One of the most thoughtful contemporary religious commentators, Russell Moore, an evangelical who now is editor of Christianity Today, bluntly acknowledges the challenges ahead. American Christianity, he says, is in crisis. This he writes in his book, Losing Our Religion. The church is a scandal in all the worst ways. The church is a scandal in all the worst ways ways. He's not talking about our church. And he could be wrong. It seems to me, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am on this, it seems to me that we are called to witness to a world um, and to tell the world where we have seen God at work lately. It seems to me we we shouldn't be shy about that question. It seems to me we should risk talking about religion. We had great electricians in Portsmouth, um, the Edwards. They were such lovely people. Father, son, and grandson. They wouldn't buy a second van because they didn't need their business to grow. They were happy with it, the size it was. When they were done with their work, they left it neat, but they didn't vacuum, they didn't clean up, they left it neat. And Curtis said to me one day, he said, yep, we don't talk about religion, and we don't talk about politics. And that's why they had so many customers, he thought. Well, I think it's time we talk about religion and politics. Not in the divisive way with hand grenades that we often do, but, but, you know, you believe that? Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Help me understand. We talk to people about religion and politics and baseball, not because we want to convince them or change them, not because we're God's gift and we need to be a missionary to them, simply to learn with them and in the hopes that we can become closer to them, that we can grow together, that we can be more like Jesus and care for the world that is aching. That's what we hope for. So I suggest it's okay to talk about religion and politics. Moses saw God in that burning bush. Where have you seen God lately? Talk about that with your neighbors and with your friends. I look around and I see God's fire everywhere. I see God through the ministry of this church. Rachel and I brought some leftovers from the second Sunday brunch last month to the daily kitchen, uh, a couple things of hot sausage, some chilled fruit, and uh, some Danish. And we pulled up, and we were going to park illegally right across from the police station. We were going to park illegally, and I was going to send Rachel in with these boxes, um, though I should have left her in the car so that she could have been arrested instead of me. Uh, But a a guy greeted us and said, what do you have there? And we said, well, we have food. Can you take it? And he reached in and he took it. And he says, what is it? We said it was sausage and, and fruit and Danish. And he said, thank you. But it wasn't sausage and fruit and Danish to him. It was just another example of God providing manna. Where have you seen God at work lately? Where have you seen God at work lately. I look at the the daily uh, kitchen and how can we not see God at work there? How many people do they have on their paid staff? Zero. Uh, How many days a week do they serve food? Seven. How many days were they closed during the pandemic? Zero. Now they didn't they didn't welcome people in. They had a window. They, they gave food out. But they didn't close. Now, how is it possible not to see God in the work and the ministry of a place like Daily Kitchen? How is it possible not to see God in the work of Dream House, which we help sponsor? How is it possible not to see God in the work of the mission co-workers in Indonesia and, and two places in Africa, the Congo and the South Sudan? Bob... Uh, Bob Rice will be preaching from this pulpit in about uh, three or four weeks here, uh, bringing us greetings from his brothers and sisters in the South Sudan. How is it that not we not see God at the work in the work of Habitat for Humanity and Sora's music from these keyboards, the sanctuary provided by Safe House? How is it we not see God at work in those places? Salt and Light and our ELL program here in this church. God, God's work, God's presence. God's fingerprint. It's everywhere. What's that quote? I thought I had it in my notes. Um, some of us take off our shoes because we see burning bushes everywhere, but those of us who don't see, they just uh, pick blackberries. There's more to this world than blackberries, and I like blackberries, but there are burning bushes are we missing them? Moses was afraid and he closed his eyes. Have we closed ours? You don't need to look at the church to see God's activity in the world, but you can. You can look at the church. Uh, I think God is at work everywhere, including the church, this church. Sure, we can do better, and, and we should do better, and we're working on it, right? We are working on it. Uh, we as a church, uh, institutionally and, and also in this local local place. But, but our shortcomings um, do not hamstr- hamstring God. God is God. God can work through our shortcomings. And God does. God is at work everywhere. And people deep down, I believe, are hungry to join in God's work. The reason a lot of people haven't joined in this work is because they simply haven't been invited. But they, and we all, we hunger to connect with something bigger than ourselves. Many of us are connecting beyond the bounds of what we recognize as the traditional church. Thanks be to God that's happening. God is doing a new thing, a beautiful thing. But we are all eager to connect with God nevertheless, both inside and outside of the traditional church. I suspect people are as hungry as ever. Where have you seen The work of God lately what do you see out there I'm going to tell you this is the beloved flock of Jesus the Christ in this place watch them and watch out (laughs) I mean that in a good way (laughs) because everywhere they go almost everywhere they go wherever they put their hands I see in them God at work. Look at them them. I know some of them are asleep right now. <laughs> These people are teaching me about how to look and how to see and how to engage and how to let go of my prejudices and my fears. These people here, they are bearing the work of Christ in the world. Rachel and I were away this whole week, this last week, at a conference, at a church conference, talking about churches, talking about our congregations. The whole time I was eager to be back with you, to be with you, doing the work we're doing. Thank you, Joe. Uh, And it's good to be with you, asking questions like, where have you seen God at work lately? Thank you for being you. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Really, thanks be to God. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.